Luke chapter 14, I'm going to, I was going to go a different direction this week and then um, just over the weekend felt Lord kind of shift some things and um, I want to talk about commitment today. I want to talk about what commitment looks like. I, I think commitment is a lost character in our culture today. What it means to be committed to something, what it means to stay the course. And um, when I look at the word, I, I don't look at a, I don't see anything in the word as a fast and easy. I don't see a microwave approach when it comes to the word. And um, what I see happening in our culture today is the exact opposite. Everything speeds up. Everything's faster. Download in an instant. It's within an arm's reach on an app or on your phone. You can get meals so quick now that would make. The apostles had spin how quick we can get a meal, how quick you can get nourishment into your body. It's incredible how quickly you can get a message to someone. It's amazing how fast you can send a letter. Uh, you can receive a product. Um, I mean, we got drones dropping stuff off at doors from Amazon. I mean, it's just unbelievable the the access that we have. Um, and, and I'm thankful for it. I, I'm thankful that, you know, I don't have to wait longer than five minutes to pop something in a meal or I can hit a drive through somewhere. But, you know, you, you use some of these terms in our day and age and there's going to be people past that it has, you know, it's like telling a little kid, uh, get out the cassette tape. It's that foreign to them. It's that foreign to them. Drive through. What's a drive through? What are you driving through? That sounds dangerous. Popping a meal and it's ready for you in less than five minutes. I mean, that sounds healthy, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's a great example that, that when, when we go after the, the speed of something, how quickly we can get something, something's always compromised in that process. The meal in the oven's healthier than the meal in the microwave. You compromise something, you compromise something in your intake. You compromise things when, thank you, Compromise things when um, uh, we, we, we want access so quickly. Today, we are the most engaged, disengaged culture ever. Um, with the access and the social media, and um, it's incredible to see. And so, commitment is becoming a lost art. Commitment to things. Uh, I heard someone give me a statistic one time that the millennial generation, the the average length of holding one job is about 12 months. Um, some of you in this room are working the same exact job you did when you were 18 years old. Um, so the commitment level is is is, is changing. It's it's different, and and the the values are changing. And uh, so I, I see our culture going one way, but I see the word staying consistent. You know, the word's consistent. The word can be relevant to situations, but there are some values that you're not going to ever be able to come off of. Uh, you're not going to be able to talk God into conforming to your world. He says you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can't live your life. Jimmy, if you would throw Romans 12, 1 and 2 up in the message translation, we cannot live our lives day to day uh, uh, where the, the conforming of the world happens and you don't even know it's happening. Everything's moving so quickly and things are changing so fast. And, and we're, we're seeing uh, this lack of 
commitment take place. In Luke chapter 14, verse 25, Jesus is speaking, and it says, Now great multitudes went with him. Great multitudes went with him, but great multitudes did not stay with him. Great multitudes went with him. Why wouldn't you stick around Jesus? Why would it be? Why, why would it? Why would you not want to follow this guy? You do, you wouldn't even think that it would be that difficult to compel people to follow him. The signs, the miracles, the wonders. Uh, I mean, when, when when he takes you to church, he feeds you afterwards. He's blessing food and he's multiplying it. And, and you get a meal. I'm not even feeding. You're going to have to go to Cheddar's yourself today. I'm not taking you out. But Jesus will even bless you. He's, he, he's, he's, he's uh, performing these miracles. And, he's, and, and, and Peter, my goodness, I mean, he healed his mother-in-law. I mean, people connected to these individuals are getting blessed. Why wouldn't you want to follow Jesus? But you look at this interaction he has in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother... Wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. He does not hate the very ones that are closest to you. And mother and father and brother and sister are not literal relationships he's referring to he's he's trying to get to the heart of the matter he's trying to get to the essence he's trying to show you 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 will you will sacrifice the very things that you hold dear he says now we read this and it sounds like a hard task that he's asking telling me that i can't put the my 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 family's uh my, my family can't even take precedence over following you, Jesus. Are you, are you serious? It sounds like a hard task, but, but I've realized something. We do that every day with something. I'll tell you right now, corporate America asks this of employees all the time, and they don't even bat an eye at it. Where's the plane ticket? Tell me where I need to go. Tell me what hotel I need to. I was talking with an individual last week. He says, I'm gone more than I'm even home. For what? The dollar? For a different God. A different God. So commitment is within us. We have the potential to be committed. And here at the beginning of the year, just kind of wanting to reinforce some things for this year. Success is the result of commitment. And what I see today is I see people, all kinds of people, young people, older people, uh, all walks of life, Christian people, non-Christian. I see people only lasting at something as long as the first challenge. The first trial comes up and we're looking for the other side of the grass. Grass is greener. Grass is greener where you water it. I've heard that. I'm going to tell you right now, the grass is greener where God has called you. And Jesus made it very clear that the calling doesn't come without a challenge. He made that so clear for us. The calling, when you accept the calling, you accept the challenge. It's all my message today is, it's a lot, but it's not too much. It's a lot, but it's not too much. It'll cost you. 
Commitment will cost you. And, and, and sometimes you never know someone's real level of commitment until they're inconvenienced. You don't, you don't see comfort in, in you, you don't see commitment and comfort in the same place a lot. You can have commitment or you can have comfort, but you can't have both. Jesus is showing us that if you want to stick it out, you better be ready to endure some challenges. Better be ready to endure some trials. And the amazing thing is, is he's equipped us and he's given us everything we need to endure every trial that could ever. He said, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He said that you have already whipped it, stripped it, defeated it. It, it, It's done. You're fighting from victory, not for victory. That's what he said. He said, you're more than conquerors. So why do we expect to be conquerors without a fight? Why do we expect to be victorious without a battle? Why do we expect uh, that, that there be no challenge? You know, uh, we, we hear this a lot with our young children, um, you know, the, the idea of participation trophies. Getting a trophy for showing up. Right? And we joke about it. And we say, you know, you know, any Republicans in the House, you know, all the conservatives, I ain't, ain't giving my kid no participation trophy. Look, I'll tell you right now, the values that you instill in your child will never be overridden by whether they get a trophy or not. My son knows commitment. My son knows what it means to stick something out. You signed up, you're going to finish. He knows that. So whether he gets a participation trophy, I mean, I've heard of dads taking away trophies and making a big deal on it, you know, on Facebook and all this stuff. Look, man, if you instill the values and you do your job as a parent, uh, you won't have to be concerned with all the silliness that the world has to offer. They're going to stand for what you train them to stand for. But I think a lot of believers think we're going to get to heaven and receive participation trophies. I sign my name, I confess Jesus is Lord, but then the process and the challenge and the, everything he's calling us to do, we can't have that same mentality in the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't work that way. The kingdom is full of participators, not spectators. The kingdom is full of people that get involved and get their hands dirty. The kingdom is full of individuals that say, I'll lay down everything to follow Jesus. I mean, I got military in this room this morning. They know what it means to sacrifice father and mother and to sacrifice uh, everything that you deem worth and value for yourself and, and, and living where you want to live and, 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 and in living in the house you want to live in. And, 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 and when they call your order, when they call your name, you're going. You're going overseas. You're going around the world. Just talking with individuals over here that spent time in Japan. I got another one back here. Go wherever. But then Jesus calls. We can't separate that. He's calling for a commitment. Calling for a commitment. Surrounded by multitudes because he just got done feeding them. You feed them, they'll follow you. They're like, you know, it's like laying food out on the porch for the cat. They're going to keep on coming around. 
And so Jesus is turning and responding, and he's saying, look, I I don't want us us to mix this up. I don't want to miss what this kingdom life is all about, because there's going to day you've got to lay down your life. I'm laying down my life for you so that you can lay down your life for me. Laying down our life for Jesus and laying our life down for the call is a, a privilege that we get to do. I don't know any other king. I don't know any president. I don't know uh, uh, any other nation where the leader lays down their life for the people. I've never seen it. There's only one king on this planet that has ever done that, and that was Jesus. He's the only one that's ever come out to the front lines with the soldiers uh, fighting in the back and saying, take me. I told you all last week I was just doing a little history rebuffering for myself and watching a documentary on the, uh, 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 you know, the World War II. And, 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 and every surrender that took place, the generals were the last ones to show up. It was the soldiers coming out with the white flag and, and you see them marching them down in, in, in the Philippines and in, in Italy and in, 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 in Poland and in France and, and all over this world, really. Uh, you just see them coming out for both sides, Americans, Japanese, Germans, it didn't matter. I've never seen a nation, I've never seen a leader step out in front of his his people and say, don't worry about this, I got this. And then we live our lives taking that for granted. Challenging us today. Challenging us today. He goes on in verse 27, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, cannot be my disciple. He says it two times. You cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Commitment is a challenge. And we don't know how committed you are until the level of comfort and inconvenience begins to reveal itself. And this year, I want us to be committed to those things that we set forth that we want to accomplish and we want to see. We're, we're two weeks in. If you haven't begun to set your goals yet and begin to get an idea of what this year looks like for you, what you want to see mended, what you want to see changed, um, you need to, it's a good time to start. It's always a good time to start. We've got Bible reading plans in the back. Grab one on your way out. You need to be in the Word every single day. Can't neglect that. I'm serious now. We cannot neglect being in the word of God. We are believers. The very man we follow, the very man we claim to follow, he is this. He didn't just write this. He didn't just speak this. The Bible says in John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. How can we follow Jesus and not be in the word? Well, I don't know where to start. Grab a reading plan. It tells you. It's easy. It does all the hard work for you. You open it up, January uh, uh, 14, boom, there it is. That's what I'm reading today. It's very simple. And we're not being legalistic. We're not, we're, we, we, you, we, there has to be a balance with this. And people are in extremes on both sides. You got the grace extreme over on one side. You don't have to do anything. All you got to do is just show up into the planet and God has already got a plan for you. He's already got, and it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what decisions you make. And it completely contradicts the life that Jesus told his people to follow. Completely contradicts it. 
and, and, and I'm tired of seeing people hit the challenge and hit the wall and, and they can't push past it. And it's difficult, I know. I, I've, I've, had, I've had individuals come to me and I'm their pastor. They say, well, it's just been really hard six months. And you didn't tell me. Why am I in your life? I'm not here just to preach. Every weekend. I have a Monday. I'm here Monday through Friday. I'm not out playing golf. I'm not out traveling the world. I'm not out doing all that stuff. I am here for you. I am here for your life. There are people surrounding you in this room that are here for you. Don't wait six months and then say, well, we've been struggling. Have a conversation through the process. And even better, arm yourself so when you get into the challenge, you've got what it takes. You join the military, they take you through a thing called boot camp. It's amazing they don't, they don't you know, sign you up and then just bring you on and then war hits. And then they say, oh, man, we better hurry up. See, that's what happened at World War II because they needed so many men. They were rushing them through something that needed time. Sending 16, 17, 18-year-old men because they got their parents to sign off on them joining the military. They wanted to fight for a cause. They wanted to be a part of something. Even at 16, 17 years old, they understood that. And so now they're rushing these young kids through, through the, the, this that, that, that takes weeks, months to prepare them for. They said that there were, there were individuals that were, that were dying from their own gunshots, friendly fire, didn't know how to throw a grenade and blowing it up on themselves. Because they're not prepared. They're not armed. And when the trial hits, we're working backwards. We're responding rather than being proactive. I want us to raise our thinking. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. And we've talked about this before. And, and, and I believe we have one of the hardest working churches in this region. I believe that. I believe that. And we don't apologize for making a demand. I'm going to tell you right now, every Elevate person in this room, when you see your name on a schedule, it shouldn't be, oh, it should be, thank God, I get to be a part. When you get that email, and I don't care how many times your your name is on the email, I don't care. Thank God. I get to show up. I get to be a part of the process. I get to invest in someone's. I get to take care of children. You know, you know, we've got children next door. Right now. At this window right now, two hour window we have. Might be the only word they hear all week. Thank God we've got Christian schools and we've got individuals. But I know, and you know, those of you that have your children in public school, they're not reinforcing what we're teaching. You realize that. If anything, they're probably contradicting it. Trying to get them to accept norms and accept cultures and accept values that are contradictory to what the world says. And, and, and if you want them to know who they are when they get older, if you want them to know who they are now, get them in this book. It's their mirror. They can look at this and say, I'm a child of God. And you've got the prime opportunity right now because the older they get, the more they'll reject it. The more they'll start to think, is that true? Like all of us do. 
I'll supply all your needs according to riches and glory. Oh, God, you haven't seen my bank account apparently, God. That's what we do. But my son, when he comes, he doesn't say, do we have enough money to get food tonight? He says, what are we going to eat? I'm starving. And he has two places in mind, Chili's and Buffalo Wild Wings, because they have these stupid little contraptions on the table that he gets to play with the whole time. <laughs> Let's go to a restaurant where we can actually talk to each other. No, I want to play my games. And so we have some time where he gets to do his little thing. And when the food comes, put it away. We're talking with our mouths full. That's fine. We do that. Don't mind us. But we talk and engage. It's our family time. That's, that's not all three of us sitting at a table so far disconnected. We're, we're talking to people around the world, but we're not even talking to the ones that are across the table. Come on. There's values we need to hold. There's values we need to have. Can I have my older generation say amen? Somebody over 50 say amen. Thank you. Thank you. I just pointed you all out. <laughs> Amen. Verse 57, Luke chapter 9. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes. And birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What an interesting response to someone that wants to join your. <laughs> All right, here's the sign-up sheet. Here's our Facebook. Uh, you know, what, 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 are you, what are you good at? What are your gifts? What are your abilities? You know, let me learn a little bit about you. Let me tell you about who. We're... No, he says, by the way, I don't have anywhere to sleep. What an interesting response. He said to another, follow me. Now he's asking him, follow me. Lord, let me first go and bury my father. That sounds reasonable. Do that. That's fine. That's understandable. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. What an interesting conversation. But yet he's highlighting, he's highlighting that if, if, if you are expecting God to wrap around your convenience and wrap around your comfort and, 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 and everything fit into your schedule. Let me see when I have an opening, Jesus. That's not going to happen. That's not the life he's calling to, calling us to. It's not the life he's, he's and, and the, 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 the things that you want to take on. You're going to find this year that there will be a challenge to stay committed to the diet. And there will be a challenge to stay committed to the, the love walk that you're wanting to grow in this year. There will be a challenge to save the money that you're wanting to change and to save. And there will be a challenge. Uh, there will be days that it won't be all nice and sunshiny on a Sunday morning, but it will be pouring down rain. And, and you're looking for that Facebook message that says service is canceled. And there isn't one because we're going to have church anyways. 
I gave you a break when it snowed. And you're lucky that the local law enforcement told us to keep people off the roads. Otherwise, we would have still had church. I've gone to church in the snow. It's okay. You will be fine. And when we go to our new building, we're going online. And we will live stream. But I dare any of you to stay home and watch it online. I dare you. And I'll say it every single weekend if I have to. If you're online and you could have made it, you better get in your car and drive here right now. Because your bed doesn't give you the connection that you're getting here. And your bed doesn't allow you to pour into children's lives to be here. And your bed doesn't allow you to worship in the house with one people, one God. You can't get that from the comfort of your living room. We just want everything easy. We want everything quick. We want everything fast. We want everything that works for us. Many people are in love with the concept, but not the commitment. We like the idea of a strong marriage. We like the concept of savings, but you don't like the commitment of not buying things that you would like to have right now. You like the concept of having a strong relationship with your father, but you don't like the commitment of waking up early before the day starts so you can spend some quality time with him. We're in love with the idea. But we reject the commitment. I told our Elevate team members, you know, if if you're a part of our Elevate, which is our supportive ministries in the church, if you serve in any capacity, you're on our Elevate team. And uh, every Sunday morning we hold Elevate uh, pre-service team rallies. We come in here and we worship and we, we, we get charged up for the day because I don't expect you to just walk in here, uh, uh, you know, just gung-ho, ready to go. Ready to go. We, we charge us and we encourage us. And if you serve on any team, you better not miss that. That's just as vital as serving itself. We don't start at 10 when you're in position. We start at 945 with the team rallying. We worship together and we, we come with an encouraging word. And, and we've prayed over people. We've shared testimonies. We've had a, it's a good time. It's church before church. Many of them don't get the comfort of sitting out here. Many of them are next door missing. Missing church when they're really not missing anything at all because they're a part of the process. And so I told them today, I said, you know, we asked them a question. What is the most important device to, to every human being? And, of course, everyone says cell phone. But I said, there, there's, there, there's a, a guy that, you know, he, he's underrated, man. He, he doesn't get any quality time. Uh, they, they, you know, he doesn't get interviewed after the football game. Uh, he's the lineman, but you know, the quarterback, the cell phone's getting all the attention, but without the phone charger, your phone is useless. The cell phone is the most, the, the cell phone charger is the most important device you have. Don't believe me. Let's see how you're doing later tonight. Oh, my battery's dying. Looking, you know, scrapping around for the, the charger. All of a sudden, he's important. 
Oh, now you need me. You went all day on your little Facebook post it. Sharing all your stuff, and now here we are, and your battery's dead, and now you need me. Here I am, just sitting on the counter, just waiting to be used. you got to be charged up. You've got to be passionate about this thing, man. And passion is not the natural tendency. Have you ever noticed that? So it's not, I mean, there are some people. Dial it down, please. Come down just a little, just a little bit. But we've got to be passionate, man. We've got to serve with conviction. We've got to live this year with conviction about it. Some of us, we, get, we muster up just enough passion to, to show a little excitement. And then the first challenge that shows up, we just sang a song that says, Set a fire within my soul that I cannot contain. And that I cannot control. Set a fire my soul that I can't contain. I'm telling you, man, that you can't contain. Could your passion outdo the challenge? Could your passion outlive? The struggle. That's the kind of passion he wants us to have. He tells us to serve the Lord heartily, not as unto the Lord, or not as unto men, but as unto the Lord. Heartily. God doesn't just look at what you do with your hands. He's looking at what you do with your heart. He said, give me a man after my own heart. He said, don't look on the outward appearance because man looks on the outside, but I look on the inside. I look at the heart of the matter. He's trying to get to the heart of the matter. Don't serve grudgingly. Don't serve, uh, 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 you know, withholding. Watching the clock. Are we almost done? Serve with passion. The larger the commitment, the smaller the crowd. You notice Jesus wasn't interested in maintaining followers. He's producing leaders. He's not just interested in the numbers that are following him. He's not just interested in the, in the people that are surrounding him. He's not just, I mean, he'll, he'll go as, to far, as so far as to talk you out of it, so to speak. Just kind of feels like what he's doing in a lot of these instances. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I want this year to be your most committed year yet. And I'm going to tell you commitment comes from what's going on internally, not externally. Commitment comes from what's going on inside you. And when we make a greater emphasis of the external than we do the internal, then we miss out on what God really has for us. If your situation externally didn't get any better this year, could you still end the year saying God did something inside me? 
in me. My marriage isn't quite there yet, but he's working on the inside of me. The finances haven't quite leveled out yet, but, but, but he's working inside. He's training me. He's teaching me something. Mark chapter 10. It's a very sad story. Verse uh, 17. And as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him. He's coming with some urgency now. He's coming. I mean, he's saying, I need something from you. They didn't just happen to run into each other. Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. Another awkward conversation. Jesus was like socially awkward or something. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And we've seen this before. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept. I've kept them. I've kept it. Jesus looking at him. Loved him. I love that they stick that in there just in case you were wondering. Loved him and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way. Sell whatever you have and give. He said, I have, kept, uh, I have kept. And Jesus said, you need to give. Give to the poor and you will have treasure where? In heaven. Would you be okay if the rest of your life, the only treasure you ever built was in heaven? And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had, he had, he had. Sometimes what you have keeps you from what you can gain. For he had great possessions. What you want to get this year. If you want to get all that God has for you, you're going to have to give all that you have to him. All that you have. And it's not too much. It's a lot. Worship team, if you come, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's not too much. All he's asking for is all you have. He's not asking anything you don't have. He's not trying to make this man poor. He's not trying to get this guy in lack. He's trying to show him that uh, if you're going to follow me, you can't follow anything else. He needed to know if money was God or if Jesus was God. Who's calling the shots is what he's saying. Can we give it? Can we have the commitment? Everyone in this room has a one thing. One thing. I don't know what that is. I know what it is for me. I'm going to give up the one thing. 